do you have processes in place that get reinforced every single day so that even though you might not want a teenager to run your business, they could. Hey everybody, welcome to another week of Funny Business. Today with me, I have Seth Green from Market Domination. Seth, how are you? I am fantastic. Super excited to be here. Now, Seth and I have a little bit more of an interesting relationship. We actually work together in a lot of different ways. I was first brought on to you by the CEO of our company, Harmon Brothers, who's saying that Sharkpreneur, your podcast has been doing fantastic things and that we should reach out to you for HBU and see what it is that we can do together. That's actually how this podcast was born. Yes, it started before then because um, Kevin and I interviewed Benton and Daniel on Sharkpreneur and they each interviewed both of us for From Poop to Gold, the original show. And then that started a conversation that, yes, ultimately led to this. So I'm super excited. It's all worked out in awesome directions in multiple ways. As per usual, I love getting to know people's backgrounds before they became professionals to see how that influenced where they are now. So the, the first question is always, where did you come from? Uh, where, what was your childhood like and how did you get started in what you do now? All right. So we could do the whole half hour on that answer. I will try and do like two minutes. <laughs> Bullied as a child, got into martial arts to learn to defend myself, decided that I got fascinated with the occult. Um, because I wanted to summon Satan to put a curse on the bully. My, my Jewish mother was not a fan of me drawing charcoal pentagrams on carpet. So my dad got me a deck of tarot cards to distract me to go predict the future. I went to go get an instruction book because this is 20, 30, 30 years ago, way before YouTube and the internet. And so I went to that store, the magic store, to go buy a book on how to read tarot cards and instead saw magic tricks, got hooked on that, became a magician. That got me into performing. By the time I was 18, I wanted to be a Broadway star as my life goal. I went to Syracuse University for musical theater because they had the top three musical theater school in the country. By the time I graduated every semester, my father called me and told me he couldn't afford it. I had to move home, come live at home, get a job, do dishes, no girls over, no loud music. And that made me so miserable. I no longer wanted to starve as a waiter in New York anymore. So I became a college financial aid planner to help families reduce the cost of college so that they didn't have to go through the stress I went through. I went to work for a Fortune 500 company, which told me to make 300 cold calls a day, interrupting strangers asking for money before the internet. That sucked. I had the good fortune to find our mutual friend, legendary marketing guru, Dan Kennedy, who said, if you write me this really big check, I'll change your life and you'll never make another cold call again. I begged my wife for 30 days to let me borrow more than the mortgage on her house to work with Dan. She gave in, it worked. And I went from the last place, 6,700th ranked financial advisor to the top 30 in the country nationwide in two years. Holy cow. That worked really well, all before the internet. This was all print and direct mail. I got written about in every trade journal in the industry for what I did. The phone started ringing with other advisors saying, how do I do that? I said, Dan, I faxed Dan and said, what do I do? And he said, start a marketing company and do it for him. So 14 years ago, marketdominationllc.com was born. And we started out just helping financial advisors get more clients and more referrals. But the principles of direct response marketing, which you guys teach, work for any business pretty much. So we branched out into 63 different verticals over the last 14 years. We now have an amazing team of 44 staff members and we've worked with thousands and thousands of clients in every time zone on the planet. That's the short version. <laughs> From summoning demons to put curses on your bullies to now working all over the world. That, that is nothing short of amazing. I do have one quick question though. One, are you still into magic? And two, 
do you still perform in theater? Yes and yes. That's awesome. So yes, still perform magic now because of obviously the different companies I own. It's pretty much limited to doing shows at my kids' schools for their classes and doing assemblies and stuff. So I don't actively market it because I don't have time and still perform in theater. Literally a week before the world shut down uh, from COVID, I achieved a bucket list goal of starring in a musical with my daughter. That's awesome. That's way cool. Who has taken after me, gotten the musical theater bug from me. She is 12 now and she wants to go to Syracuse for musical theater. And she's in a show, <laughs> she's always in a show. And I said, one day, I hope one day we get to be in a show together and manage to pull that off right before COVID. That's incredible. Have shows started up again since COVID has started to die down? Yes. Um, Broadway is talking about reopening. I'm particularly talking about like local theater. So yes, in those cases, there might only be 100, 150 people in the audience. So it might not be max capacity. But yes, at least where I am in New York, they're open enough. That's awesome. So you you took us on this super long journey. Yes. <laughs> the story wasn't long, but it, it had a lot of steps in it. Right. That's so, like 35 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you feel like you discovered your insights along the way? And where do you feel like you discover your insights now? Wow. That's a great question. So insights along the way, most of them came out of pain. It came out of something in my life that wasn't working that I was upset with, whether I was getting picked on or whether I was told to make cold calls or whether I was told that, oh, that marketing won't work. All of that in my frustration with whatever that situation was led to me finding a solution. So that's how our software company was born because I was trying to manage this growing enterprise originally on post-it notes and then on spreadsheets and Google Docs and Basecamp and all these different things, none of which worked for what we needed I needed a system that told my employees what to do every day for which client, how to do it, made sure they do it right. And I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to run it. That led to the software company we created that now provides that software for other companies so that they can literally operate a true business and have it run without them and scale without stress. So I assume that goes along with the idea of replicating yourself or cloning yourself, I think is the term that you like to use. Talk to me it about is. that. It is. Because what I realized, what I, my frustration was, it's in my head and I know how to do it. And if I could just clone myself and get a version of me that didn't get dumber like the movie, but a version of me that could go do the same thing over and over and over again, we could keep our clients happier. We could grow faster. We could do more and do better. And that led to the creation of a software program that literally basically lets you, it's not a physical clone, but it literally comes as close as you can possibly get to getting someone else to do it exactly how you would do it, but you don't have to do it. What's the name of that company? That is cloneyourselfsoftware.com. We actually, well, we were talking about this later. We have a special offer exclusively for our, for your listeners where we'll literally build them their first system, their first clone, absolutely free. They can test it in their business and make sure it works before they pay us anything. Again, if they go check it out at cloneyourselfsoftware.com. So what's the difference between you guys and something like Trainual? The diff a lot of our differences is there's accountability built in. Literally, if I set a deadline for when something gets done in a system, so hey, the Harmon brothers need an episode by, you know, in 48 hours or they need a guest or whatever, it will remind the person, the account rep doing the work, hey, you have 24 hours left. Hey, you got 12 hours left. Hey, this is due now. Like, where are you? Then it will train them on each step every time. So they may say, I was afraid that if they saw the same step 
for their seventh, 10th client, they go, I know this already, I'll skip it. But literally we get thank yous going, thank you, I rewatched that video for the seventh time and it reminded me of something that I know I've done before, but I forgot about. Mm. But I think it's the constant repetition, reinforcement and accountability that literally allowed me to get a process out of my head and get someone else to do it pretty much exactly the same way. So what do you think the main source of pain is for a business owner in the process of growing their business? I think there's two. I think the first biggest source of pain, which obviously you guys are phenomenal at solving, it's just generating more customers, more clients, more patients, right? It's how do I get more sales? How do I get more money in the door? And I would not profess to, I mean, you guys are the geniuses at that, at getting attention and getting people to go, I want that thing. I think the second, and obviously we solve that in different ways than you guys do. I certainly could not create a viral video with you know a billion views and hundreds of millions in sales. We do some things very differently. I think the second biggest pain is fulfillment, is I sold it, awesome, now what? Holy crap, that's awesome, I made a sale, now what do I do? Now, if it's a physical product and it's fulfilled by some fulfillment house somewhere and it's all automated, maybe they've got less pain. Maybe their pain is my supply chain from China is broken right now because of COVID. If it's not something that's physically getting made and shipped by somebody else, if it's like a service, then all of a sudden it becomes, we did a webinar. We just sold 50 of these. How do we fulfill? How do we hire and train fast enough? How do we get people to do it right every single time? You know, the Domino's pizza could get made by a teenager. The McDonald's burger can get made by a teenager. If you follow Michael Gerber's e-myth, do you have processes in place that get reinforced every single day so that even though you might not want a teenager to run your business, they could. When we built our first one, which I said, no one can write copy in my company as good as I can. We can't possibly have somebody else write the copy for our video marketing. I got somebody to go through that process who had never written a word of copy and before hated to write and said, I can't do this. I said, you're perfect. And I wrote a script for that client in case she was right and in case she couldn't write, in case it didn't work, we still would have something. And literally when she got done and brought the script into my office, I said, oh my God, it is, if I counted the words, 85% of them were exactly the same. I said, you've had no formal training. You haven't taken the hundreds of thousands of dollars of copywriting courses I've taken, yet the process I built, you wrote pretty much exactly the same darn thing that I wrote this works, we're off to the races. That's awesome. I love that that concept that it needs to be understandable enough that a teenager could do it. That's actually something that uh, when I came into Harmon Brothers University was my big advocacy point. We had this basic like master class for people who had already done like video production. And for those people that had already done that, it did really well. But for the vast majority of people who were just starting out their business and trying to figure out how do I make an ad like the Harmon Brothers, they just felt frustrated the entire time. It's like, okay, how do we take the exact same content and teach it to them in a way that a high schooler could understand? And all of a sudden when we did that, people just started coming in in droves and like getting massive success off the courses. And then they can go from that course to the more master's level course and go, okay, I see the principles they were talking about. This is the add-on stuff now. And it- Yeah, it's that fundamental fun foundational base that has to be there. They have to be able to crawl before they can walk, before they can run. How easy is it for a business owner to feel overwhelmed during these growing pains? I still get overwhelmed. Um, <laughs> I think it's super easy. I think it's the most common untalked about 
stress we've got as business owners is the overwhelm, whether it's positive overwhelm, oh my God, we got all this business, what do we do? Or the negative overwhelm of, oh my God, people are pissed off, how do I fix it? So I think that we don't talk about that enough as entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders is how to deal with that. It was a significant issue for me until we come, came up with a software that solved it most of the time. And what really helped me was a guest speaker we had to our mastermind group in person before COVID He'd say, I said, you know, how do you deal with the anxiety and the stress and the overwhelm? And he said, you're an entrepreneur. If you don't have anxiety, you're not pushing hard enough. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And the light bulb went off. And I'm like, this is okay. It's normal. I've been ashamed of it, hiding it, not telling anybody about it, self-medicating it at times. There's always going to be something broken in your business. And if there isn't something broken, you better find something to break and fix it because the bumps are what make you better. Mm, I like that. I stole that one from my wife who literally told it to me a week ago because I was really frustrated with something. We went on a walk and she said, honey, you're having a lot of bumps in the road this week. The bumps are what make you better. When everything is perfect and everybody's happy, you don't learn anything. You just keep doing what you're doing. Okay. So let's dive into that for a second. What one, what kind of bumps have you had to overcome for yourself? What's been the greatest one to date that you feel like has really fundamentally changed market domination? Wow. Okay. So there's the original bump of trying to get a process out of my head so that somebody else could deliver it without me. That's the original bump. Bumps since then, we've had people hear what they want to hear. So when we sell our flagship Dream 50, Grow Your Cult to 50 Evangelist Service, which we do for you guys, even though I will put multiple disclaimers in that webinar that you're not, unless you're the Harmon brother, you're not going to get a million downloads. You're not going to get to be on Joe Rogan's show. People hear that anyway. We literally say, this is not what this service is all about. This is about 50 great relationships that turn into profits. And the next day they come in and they punch in their credit card and go, so I'm gonna get a million downloads and I'm gonna be on Joe Rogan. I said, literally, I said you wouldn't, but they hear what they wanna hear. So trying to catch that before it becomes an issue, whether it's on the first onboarding call, hey, just wanna make sure, even though you bought yesterday, that you heard what we actually meant and not what you were dreaming about. That's always such a fascinating psychological thing to work with. When you're trying to set these expectations, what do you feel like really helps set those expectations for your clients? We try, we are always trying to get better at being crystal clear about who a service is for, who it is not for, what it will do for you and what it won't do for you. We haven't perfected it because we had, you know, two people this week who had signed up and then said, so I'm getting this, right? We said, no. And my staff came to me and goes, we did the onboarding and they think they're getting something else. Can we see the webinar that they bought from? And I said, sure. And they watched the <laughs> webinar and they say, no, you're right. You didn't say that. <laughs> uh, you know, if I hire you guys, my video is instantly going to go viral and it's going to be done in 30 days. And I'm going to make $10 million, right? Of course not. Seems like a really fast timeline and a lot of right. money, but uh, maybe. <laughs> Right. You want to make videos so good it doesn't need to go viral and it's going to get pushed out because of paid advertising. But that may not be what they are dreaming about. They think those viral videos are all organic views. That That is one of the things that we do have to fight. Whenever I tell somebody's like, yeah, typically 80% of our people double their yearly revenue and 60% of the people 10x the revenue. And then we have the outliers like Lumi. Right. who they went from a $1 million company to a $32 million company in the first year that we did ads for them. And everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to make $32 million more. I'm like, no, 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 plan on the double. Right. Plan it's almost like you, have, broken, you can't you can tell them that anymore. You can't even use that example because even though you tell them, no, 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 look at the low one, they can't help it. And it's human nature. They start dreaming of how they're spending $32 million. You have a lot of businesses 
and you've used this thing to clone yourself, what other tools have you learned to use to achieve efficiency for your business? So I started out becoming obsessed and for lack of a better term, becoming a marketing junkie mm. and just kept getting better and better and better at marketing. That's every conference I went to, every book I read, every course I bought, um, including yours. And I realized that that just made me better and better at making a bigger and bigger mess. And I had to become a systems junkie and learn how to be a real leader and start reading books on operations and management and efficiency and leading a team so that our team matched the marketing genius we could create and the sales we could create. So I think when I started reading things like Scaling Up by Vern Harnish or The E-Myth by Michael Gerber or Systems Thinking um, or one of my extreme ownership by Jocko Willick and start thinking about, let's look at how we apply that in our business before we worry about going to get the next million dollars in sales. I like that a lot. Let's um, make the process and the system and the experience better before we worry about just Let's plug all the holes in the bucket so it doesn't leak. So when we pour more water in it, it stays. So what do you like the best about what you do? I love the ripple effect. I love how many people we get to help because of our clients. Because again, if we're working with a chiropractor and or a stem cell doctor or whoever, and they're saving lives and through them, now we're touching thousands of people or they've got 15 clinics and we're touching hundreds of thousands of people. I love the fact that every day is different and that through the clients that we serve, we're reaching literally not as many as you guys, but millions of people whose lives will be made better because they saw the marketing we created for our clients and bought something that will change their life. What business practices have you learned from others that you've used in the development of your software and your business? So basically this, this is really getting to the root of what funny business is. There's a lot of people out there in the world that seem to be doing exactly what we're doing, but better. Like it's even that way for the Harmon Brothers. We, we may be the top of our game, but there's still people that we learn from as well. I like to say, or there's the common phraseology that good artists borrow or they great create on their own, but great artists steal. So what have you stolen and how have you made it your own? Every day. So the, our service was created because I went and interviewed 10 to 15 of the top podcasters in the world. Folks like John Lee Dumas who have tens of millions of downloads. I've stolen from them to find out how they were growing their business on the back of their shows and then reverse engineered a completely different process because our clients aren't the JLDs of the world, most of them. They're never going to get millions of downloads. I needed to figure out a way for a local business owner in a local market to generate significant revenue from a show without ever selling an ad and without ever getting more than, let's say, thousands of downloads. Hmm. So I would say that's the biggest thing I've stolen. So how much of your day is spent just doing research? Because it sounds like that's the majority of what you've really done to create these companies. It has been um, how much of, uh, I'd say 20% is probably research and innovation. You know, it's more than 20% because I have a small number of projects that I work on in addition to innovating and creating. So maybe 50-50. That's quite a bit of time. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of famous, at least in our world, for reading reading a book every day, um, because or watching. A, my wife's like, "What are you? Why are you always on your iPad?" I'm like, "I'm watching a course. I'm watching a video. I'm listening to something." I'm, she's like, "You never shut it off." I'm like, "I'm always. I, I'm a voracious learner." <laughs> uh, okay. Well, speaking of that, uh, I've recently personally got into audiobooks quite a bit because I've got a 30 minute drive four days a week. So like about four hours of reading I get to do how one, how, when you're consuming that much content, how do you get to decide what's valuable and what's not? 
and or what book is worth reading versus what book is not. I don't know if I have a good enough vetting system to determine what I should or shouldn't read. I'm probably guilty of doing too much. However, I'm really good at distilling down, okay, there's 200 pages, let me find, you know, all I need is one idea from this. All I need to do is find the one thing that I can implement in our business to make it better or make it grow faster. What's the first step that a prospective client should go through in order to work with you? So if they want to learn about cloning themselves, obviously we've got that offer at cloneyourselfsoftware.com exclusively for HBU at podcast fans. And then if they want to talk about growing their business, about the marketing side, if they go to marketdominationllc.com underneath the sizzle or next to the sizzle reel, depending on what device you're watching it on, uh, there is a form they can fill out where they can jump on our calendar and we will do a 15 minute marketing challenge because I guarantee we can solve any marketing challenge in 15 minutes or less. Awesome, that's a great offer. Well, for those of you at home, make sure to like and share this with your friends and consider subscribing to the show. Um, we'll see you next week. And Seth, dude, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor to be here. And obviously we love working with you. Yeah, we love working with you too, man. All right, I'll see you around. Want to learn the tricks of our trade? We have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon Brothers University. This isn't surface level stuff here. This is our entire playbook, all our secrets laid out in full, the same training we give our own employees. You'll find courses on ad buying, writing video scripts to sell your product or service, creating the kind of large production ads we're known for, even making short ads using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harmon Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to HarmanBrothersUniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.